Taylor Owens, always good to have a, a dear colleague on as a guest. You're the chief marketing officer of Lima One Capital. So we, we show up at the same same headquarters five days a week. Uh, thank you so much for joining, my friend. All righty. Happy to be here. Episode 58. Uh, yeah, this 58. Been, this has been a, a year plus in the works. Uh, you've done a phenomenal job, Dalton. Happy to have my debut episode. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, really appreciate that. And you and the marketing team uh, put so much effort into this. I, I see myself as very much an ancillary player here and you and the team do all the hard work. I just get on here and chat for 20, 30 minutes at a time. Uh, so definitely appreciate everything you all do. Uh, as you can see, I'm, I'm not at headquarters. I'm not at my house. I am all the way on the other side of the country in vegas it's day number seven in vegas i still have a pulse uh I'm, I'm still living still breathing you just flew back from vegas a few days ago we were at the naclb conference uh we co-host that conference it's our second year co-hosting it the national alliance of commercial loan brokers uh and you you spoke on a panel while we were there but before we dive into kind of marketing as a broker uh, how'd you enjoy the conference? Conference was great. Uh, so this was my second NACLB. He said they had 1,200 individuals registered for the conference, 900 brokers, a uh, lot of activity, a lot of engagement, uh, debuted a new booth at the conference, uh, a unique opportunity or environment right now in having you at the conference, uh, that being a huge component of our marketing strategy here at Lima One, and then also uh, recording the podcast and uh, we'll talk about content uh, here in a bit, but uh, the content or the, the conference was great. Uh, a lot of activity, a lot of new brokers uh, looking to enter the industry. A lot of brokers that have been in the industry for a long time, taking their quote unquote apprentice uh, under their wing. So there was a large appetite for, uh, for financing our products, uh, residential real estate, uh, there's just a lot of buzz and activity there. And uh, a lot of these brokers just starting, uh, you know, they're really interested in marketing, um, whether they do it themselves, look to hire an intern or look at third party resources uh, in terms of an agency. So a lot of uh, a lot of buzz at the conference uh, overall. Yeah, I, I was talking with uh, another colleague tail end of last week. Uh, he just asked what the vibe was at the conference, what the feel was. You know, we're in an environment where rates are going up, inflation's crazy, home prices are starting to flatten out or decline a little bit, uh, depending on the market. And one thing that was uh, kind of a, a little surprising to me is just how optimistic everybody in the room was about uh, where the space is heading knowing that you know there's there's a big feel that look this isn't an 07 or 08 this is uh you know you're going to count this in months not years uh which is really good to to feel that vibe uh you know it's all it's all reading the tea leaves and uh somebody said that the two people who can be wrong and keep their jobs are weathermen and economists so you know who, who knows what's going to happen but the optimism was was great how uh, did you kind of come away with the same vibe yeah, I think, you know, despite a, uh, you know, a changing environment, a dynamic market, there's 
a lot of folks still entering the industry. Um, you know, there are a lot of folks coming to the website, shopping around uh, these communities online for real estate investors and brokers are continuing to increase uh, over the last few months. I've been to four different conferences that all emphasized marketing. So, you know, where deal flow might not be uh, as good as it was last year, um, you know, less at-bats in the space, now's a really, really good time to invest in marketing. Figure out who you are as a company and as a brand and what your niche is. And I went, I went to the Housing Wire conference. I went to a customer experience in financial services conference. Uh, NACLB had a half-day marketing summit uh, housing wire, like I said, at a full day marketing summit. So now is the best time really to, again, build your brand, build brand equity in the space, get yourself out there, figure out who you are, what your value prop is, especially for broker where it's understanding who your partners are and then what service that you'll be providing to your customers. So again, now more than ever, marketing and customer experiences is a huge emphasis for brands and folks in the space, but also those uh, looking to get their foot foot in the industry. Yeah, I, I really want to talk about just kind of tools that brokers can leverage, uh, specifically from a marketing standpoint. But before we dive into that, uh, you kind of jogged my mind thinking about okay, if I am, you know, we work we work with tons of brokers, thousands of brokers uh, over the course of our broker program at Lemo and Capital. And uh, I've worked on the broker side, the table funding side, the whole loan purchase side. And you see that in a lot of cases, there's, uh, you know, a pretty hammered out pathway of growth. So you see, you know, brokers usually start off as one person shops and then, you know, you'll add some processors, some other brokers to the mix. But specifically, you know, I think this crosses not only the broker world, but just marketing in general. Uh, but real quick, as you're looking to build out a marketing team, which you have, uh, you know, you came aboard Lima One and you've built out a stellar team there. Um, you know, what are the first what are the first couple of marketing hires look like? What should they look like? What type of roles do you fill if you have a, a small business but you're looking to bolster up the marketing world? Yeah, good question. So, I mean, we we talked about this on the panel at NACLB, but the typical broker company sizes, I mean, it's oftentimes just a, a one man or one woman show up to maybe three to five uh, individuals, processors, marketers, sales individuals. So it's not necessarily the people first that you want to bring on board. I'd say it's more so the tools and the tools are really going to help you automate a lot of your communications. They're going to keep you organized. And once you build that foundation of of tools that automate a lot of your processes, communicate with your prospects and your leads and your customers behind the scenes, then you can look to make those hires. And the first tool that I would recommend really for any company, a large or small is, is get a CRM, customer relationship management platform. And what that does is, is a lot of companies, even well-established companies use a CRM uh, like a glorified Excel spreadsheet, which is not best practices. This is really something that you should leverage to collect your lead information, put data around those. For example, the no-brainers are first name, last name, email, phone number. And then where did you source this lead? 
right? So you can understand, all right, I'm going to continue to go to home builders associations. I'm going to continue to invest in Facebook because this is where the best quality leads are coming from. Um, you can also, I mean, if you're a broker and you're, you're working with multiple lenders, you can basically marry prospects or existing customers to those lenders so that when you get a new deal, you're, you know, there's uh, that seamless handoff to, I right, hear the products I'm going to pitch this person. Um, the CRM as well is basically you can bolt on a whole bunch of different marketing tools to this. Uh, so we use something called HubSpot. Uh, we brought this on a year ago. It's really transformed our business from a CRM and marketing automation standpoint. And we've used this to uh, turn on email marketing, right? So we can pull all of those leads from Facebook and send them a certain message. We can pull all of those uh, leads that are interested in a certain product and, and tailor our marketing message to that. Um, so we started the CRM. Another thing too, is it allows you to do uh, marketing automation, right? So you can create email templates, triggers that are working behind the scenes and will send out automatically and you can tailor them. So it looks like it's coming from a real person so that as you're making outbound phone calls and your emails are going out, they're hopefully generating inbound. And it's the two of those that are really, really going to help you accelerate your business before making a hire. Now, once you've brought on a CRM and you've built that foundation, really your first hire should be a part-time resource to help you manage your CRM, put leads in there, make sure the data integrity is good. There's no duplicates and then really uh, managing your email. Uh, email is really going to be your best uh, bang for your buck in terms of one-to-one -one return on investment there. Um, so that, that's where I would start. Yeah, you hit on a lot of pieces there, and I I know even you know the the natural progression of a CRM usually starts with Excel spreadsheets, right? And then it goes up from there. When I you know started building our broker program, it was with an Excel spreadsheet, and then you know we've gone through a couple iterations of uh, Salesforce. Uh, but yeah, the data integrity piece that's such a critical part because you know a, a CRM isn't like you said, it's not about just housing data. It's really about having solid data that is then actionable. You can you can make decisions, you can make moves, whether it's sales, marketing, um, from an executive level, you're able to really turn that into powerhouse and, and you mentioned HubSpot, which you can bolt on uh, to, to just drive all the more. So the more the more clean, accurate data you can collect and put in the CRM, um, the better, the more actionable it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, again, going back to what CRM stands for is customer relationship management platform, right? This is something that you should be leveraging really to man manage your relationships. Who are these people? Where do they come from? Uh, where should I send their deals? So that will not only create, help you create a better customer experience for your prospects and your current customers, but it'll also allow you, you know, over the course of 90 days to a year to understand what your best marketing uh, tactics were and to pivot the money that you do have to accelerate your marketing into those channels, right? Another tool that I want to talk about is LinkedIn Sales Navigator. It's great for prospecting, right? You, you, uh, it's a, 
bolt on to LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn is a social network, but it's also a search engine. And LinkedIn Sales Navigator is something that you pay for. And it allows you to get very, very granular with your search query, right? So I'm looking for fix and flip investors or brokers that operate in, you know, Riverside, California. Um, mm. And you can search by industry. You can even search what kind of content that they're interested in to create lists and then message those individuals. Um, you can also look for realtors or title agents or general contractors within your market to not only go after your customer, but to go after those that could refer customers to you. And, uh, and that's something that back to your CRM, right? If you pull a handful of leads through LinkedIn sales navigator and you put those into your CRM and the lead source was LinkedIn sales navigator. And over the course of the year, you're generating deals and you're ge generating revenue to your business, then you know what? You have the data to be able to say LinkedIn sales navigator was a great investment. I'm going to continue to make that an investment where other lead source did not, you know, have any return. So therefore I'm not going to uh, waste any money there. Yeah. Marketing can get really, really, really expensive. And if you're not careful, you can find yourself, uh, shoveling wheelbarrows of cash, moving wheel wheelbarrows of cash in one direction, and then just kind of setting them on fire and not getting much ROI out of it. And I think uh, we, you and I, know this all too well uh, that you have to be able to attach uh, a customer transaction to a marketing source. And for us in the lending world, you know, that's that's conferences, it's web marketing, email blasts. Uh, in person, you know, in, in market events that we do. Uh, and if you, if you're just spending money on these things and you're not really tracking the ROI, then it can be, you know, it can be feel good to fly around the country. It can be feel good to throw these in market events, but if you're not, if you're not attaching a source to the dollar spent, uh, you can really find yourself in treacherous waters. Right. And, you know, and it's not necessarily to build the case to cut certain marketing tactics. It's really uh, to really call, call out where you're potentially underperforming. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're paying a couple thousand dollars a year, let's say, to join your local home builders association to tap into a network of builders. And, you know, maybe you're you're breaking even where the opportunity there should be. Uh, you should be 10 xing your revenue then it gives you the power and the data to be able to say, all right, let's uh, approach the Home Builders Association a little differently. Yeah. You know, maybe we do some sort of sponsorship once a quarter as opposed to once a year. And let's spend a little bit more money on that sponsorship. Or, you know, maybe the Riverside HBA is great at building relationships, um, but the Bakersfield HBA is one that we don't want to continue to invest in. And at Lima One, we have 16 different lead sources that we play around with. And as a, a marketing leader now, been here at Lima One for over a year, first order of business was get the data right. Because without having the data right, the data integrity, uh, you can't make decisions. And this isn't just for larger companies to um, to put into practice. I mean, if you are a small broker uh, team of one to five, having this data will really just allow you to put together a playbook 
for next year and not make assumptions. Um, and it's very timely now in Q4. This is where we turn, we look at our data and say, all right, where should we spend our money? Where should we pull back or where should we optimize? So um, HubSpot is, is cheap. Um, you can get a starter platform for a starter, um, the starter package for HubSpot for just a couple thousand dollars a year. And again, this will really accelerate your business, not from just a data governance piece, but will allow you to bolt in landing pages, um, uh, which is just a form of your website that allows people to um, put in their information, capture emails to email, uh, email marketing. Yeah, that is shockingly inexpensive. It's like a couple thousand bucks a year. It can sound like a lot, but it's only a, a couple hundred bucks a month. And and if you can, again, if you can attach, if you can close a couple loans off of it, close really just a couple of loans in our space based on the loan average, and attach them to activity through HubSpot, like you're, you're in the black on it. Right. And, and that's why I say, I mean, that's where you start um, in terms of getting your CRM, getting your email in place, and then hiring somebody part-time, whether an agency for five uh, hours a week um, or an intern, or again, somebody part-time, this is really going to be your one-to-one -one attribution from a return on investment standpoint where a lot of content and social media is more of a brand play. And if you're spending $15 an hour on an intern to come run your social media, right? And you're just starting out. You're probably not going to see the fruits of that labor or that investment for a year down the line. That's a slow burn. But if you become obsessed with acquiring emails, putting them into your CRM, having the email marketing in place, that working behind the scenes, that's what's going to drive uh, your uh, inbound calls, uh, deal flow, and just all, all, all around inquiry. So again, that's where you're going to see the return on investment. Got it. So without uh, without giving away any any trade secrets or any uh, secret plans we have back at HQ, what are some of the high level things you're focusing on next year from uh, from a marketing standpoint? Just diversification. Um, we spend a good amount of time uh, for each of our products, uh, each of our sales channels, putting all the pieces on the board or on the table that says, all right, this is where we can spend money either to drive leads, uh, retain current customers, or build our brand presence in the industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, based upon the budget that the uh, financial folks at HQ give us, uh, we figure out what the sweet spot is in terms of cost per acquisition. So what we feel like is a an acceptable cost to acquire a new customer, figuring that they're going to probably drive, you know, three to five new deals throughout the year. And we put that budget across to about 20 different uh, lead gen or just brand, um, brand building uh, marketing channels. So that's something that we're, you know, it's Q4. Q4 came up really quickly. But again, where can you diversify uh, your brand? How can you be seen everywhere? And this is what brokers should be doing in their markets. Um, even I, I, for whatever reason, I picked Riverside. Um, but if it's you know if it's your HBA, if it's your real estate investment association, is it different realtor groups? Is it local Facebook groups? Is it? Um, billboards, right? You want to be seen everywhere. And to go back to the first point that I made is, 
you know, if deal volume is slowed down, uh, people are uh, being a bit more conservative in today's landscape. It's it's focused on brand and, and brand is being seen everywhere and uh, diversifying your message. So um, we'll be doing, uh, we'll be figuring out what the sweet spot is in terms of lead gen versus brand. Uh, typically you want 80%, 70% of your budget to be around generating new leads and about 20 to 30% of your budget being uh, put into building your brand. And, um, you know, that might change going into 2023, what that percentage looks like. Uh, it might be a little bit more of a brand investment, brand investments, content, partnerships, sponsorships, video, billboards, conferences. Um, so there's no shortage of ways that you could be creative in marketing and it's applicable to large enterprises and small shops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, finance team, let's 5X Taylor's marketing budget for next year. We, more more money in uh, in the marketing budget equals more leads. So well, here's the it. deal, Dalton. Uh, ROI, right? First order of business was uh, coming into Lima is how do we prove ROI specific to individual marketing strategies? Because if you say, hey, uh, investing in Google gave us a 8X return, you know, let's continue to pump money into Google. Um, yeah. Point. So Taylor, I know you have way more marketing tips, tricks, uh, insight in that noggin of yours for mortgage brokers and beyond. So come back next week. Let's, uh, let's do another episode, my friend. Yes, sir. Happy to do so. Beautiful. Taylor, thank you so much for joining. Uh, always a pleasure. And I always learn something when I chat with you, which is, uh, for me, that's the goal of this podcast. I hope if I'm learning, that folks who are listening are learning. So thank you very much, my friend. Thanks, Dalton. Thanks everybody for listening. Tune in next Tuesday. We'll have Taylor back on, get some more marketing tips and tricks for you. Take care.